HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hi there, Greenhorns. This is Severin. This is Greenhorns Radio, another episode of Radio for Young Farmers Farmers about the um, issues and skills uh, and struggles and visions of young farmers. Today I'm speaking with Blair Randall, who's a super amazing young farmer, activist, organizer, gardener, teacher in San Francisco, California. Hello, Blair. Hello, Severin. Thank you for having me on. Oh. What's going on? What's going on today in San Francisco? We're getting a little lovely rain, and we're uh, finishing up... um, finishing up a, a series of classes that we offer to teach urban gardeners. It's called the Gardening and Composting Educator Training Program. So you're teaching people who are going to teach other people about composting? Is that what is going on? That's right. I work at Garden for the Environment, and our goal is to teach San Francisco how to garden organically. So we offer um, a whole bunch of classes, but one in particular, the Gardening and Composting Educator Training Program, uh, runs for three months and teaches gardeners not only the skills to garden in San Francisco, but the, the, uh, the specific skills to take those gardening skills into their community and how to engage their community with those skills. Man, and are these, are these uh, San Franciscans gardening in historic numbers? Um, I, I would say absolutely. Um, as a case in point, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and I was mentioning um, a new urban farm, and he said, wait, which new urban farm is this? And I thought that was definitely a sign of the times. Um, there are so many exciting farm projects come, popping up in San Francisco these days. Um, well, let's do a little, let's do a little um, history on Garden for the Environment, where it is, and how it and and here's a big one because, you know, all of these new garden projects are the product of inspired people starting yes. something up. And all of them have a lot to learn from how other organizations have in the past figured out how to endure beyond that first adrenaline rush of, oh, my gosh, I did it by myself. Yeah. So maybe start with what was the kind of impulse for Garden for the Environment and, and how has it sustained and uh, maintained its uh, force? That's an extraordinary question because it's the key to success for almost every project that I know of. Um, 
Well, Garden for the Environment ha- is a half an acre demonstration garden, which may sound small, but in a city that um, has limited free land, half an acre seems like um, pastoral landscape of 40 acres. So it's been, uh, it's been an organic teaching garden for 20 years. And it was started. It was started in 1990 in response to um, a water shortage in California. And the owners of the land are the California Public or the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission, which saw that if we can teach San Francisco residents how to garden using less water um, in a hands-on way, the, the utility that they are in charge of running will function better. And that has really been that the, the genesis story is also the story that has fueled Garden for the Environment for those 20 years um, with partnerships um, with the city and county of San Francisco. Um, city and county the agencies are realizing that grassroots organizations that have direct connections with, um, with individuals and who teach classes in a hands-on way can really make a big difference. Um, and an example of that is recently the same Public Utilities Commission started an organ- uh, a, a campaign called it was uh, Fat Soils in Greece. They're spending a huge amount of money getting fats and oils in Greece out of uh, out of the sewage system. Basically, when people pour it down the drain, they have to clean it out of their own filters. So, if they 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 realized if they set up in commu- in neighborhood uh, centers collection depots and then turn that those fats and oils and greases into biofuel, it saves them money from the cleaning that they have to do. So we found that by by working with city agencies and really teaching them what these principles are, what is organic gardening, and what is water, you know, gardening uh, with drip irrigation systems, how those things can help them do what they are mandated to do. Um, once they realize that, they're very open and receptive. Um, and, and so that, that has, I think, probably been the biggest key um, that has kept our, our program going for 20 years in San Francisco. So you're essentially the grassroots connection for city problems, helping them think through what, on a community scale, they need to do on a city scale, and, yes. and, and, and acting as kind of a communication point you know, with the neighborhood. Yeah, and you know, there, there's 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 an important. Um, I think there's a potent illustration in a in a program that we partnered with. Um, there's a San Francisco-based artist, Amy Franceschini, and several years ago, she reimagined the Victory Gardens program of World War One and World War Two, and we partnered with her to to bring a new Victory Gardens program to life in San Francisco. And as I'm sure your listeners are aware, the Victory Garden program of World War One and World War Two was um, was a, a program w- where the nation called upon its citizens to grow food at home in response to food shortages, you know, uh, nationally and abroad. Um, and it, it almost seems. Uh, to, I think, contemporary ears, cute or quaint to think of the national government calling on citizens to grow more food at home. But in 1943, at the peak... It was not cute at all. It's not cute at all. In 1943, 40% of all of the fruits and vegetables consumed in the United States were grown at home. That's amazing when you compare it to 40% of the 
foods eaten by Americans are now the products of subsidy. <laughs> Correct. Correct. It's a very it's, interesting um, difference there, and I would say the waistlines are probably different as well. The waistlines are definitely different, uh, after, after, especially after an afternoon of uh, double digging or weeding in your backyard. But something that we found that's really a, a significant difference from the time, the time of World War I and World War II, and today is that when the nation called upon its citizens to grow food at home, the nation knew how. We have found today, in our work in San Francisco, gardening is no longer common knowledge. And so it's our work as a, a regional holder of the, the knowledge and skills, the antique knowledge and skills, and the in, in, immensely necessary and important contemporary skills of gardening and agriculture, um, we're trying to make that knowledge common knowledge once again. Aha, bring on the skills. <laughs> bring down the bills. <laughs> the skills are absolutely necessary, and everybody has a connection to them. Um, it, it, during the Victory Garden program, uh, we installed a Victory Garden in front of City Hall, and um, almost, people would stop in front of a, be a bed that could have, you know, chard or kale or something, and almost everybody still, even if they weren't gardening today, had a connection to someone in their family who, grow who grew food. Yep, and that's the person who brings the turkey at Thanksgiving. <laughs> it is, and remembers how their grandparents or their great-grandparents or their oh. aunt or uncle, how they did things and how unique that was and, and what a value that those heritage skills are. So these are valuable skills. It's fun to learn. It's amazing to be in a hip place like San Francisco where artists and government work together to make community projects proliferate on all the neighborhoods, be they high income or low income, and where you can grow awesome things all year long, even if it's kind of foggy sometimes. <laughs> it's um, true. Were you always living in such a hip city, doing such hip things, Blair, or where did you come from originally? No, I, I wasn't always living in such a hip city, um, but it's, an extra, it's extraordinary to live here. My background is in um, elementary school education, so I spent five years as a kindergarten teacher and then went to um, the Santa Cruz Farm and Garden Program, the apprenticeship in ecological horticulture that for 40 years has been teaching organic farmers on the Central Coast um, how to do what they do so well. Uh, Hold on now. Many of my listeners don't know what the Central Coast is because they're um, unattuned to the universe, which is Northern California. <laughs> well, let me so explain. Let's, a little, let's explain that a little bit. So on the magnificent campus of the University of California at Santa Cruz, kind of halfway up and down the coast, right in the middle there, um, is a wonderful farm program attached to the university, um, uh, which has, for 40 years, taught farmers in California, organic farmers in California, um, the very best hands-on skills in a six-month program. Um, and it, You're it's, saying all it takes is six months to learn how to be a farmer? <laughs> I say, I'm saying it takes six months to learn how to make your first mistake. And then ah. when, when you get onto your, your own field, um, after your first year there, then you're starting to figure things out. Yeah, figuring things out is all the fun. That's the fun part. <laughs> yes. So there you were. You were a teacher. So many, um, so many young farmers come from a teaching background or also a lot of environmental conservation background. Yeah. I feel like between teaching people about, you know, earth, earth, planet, earth 
functions and learn and studying Earth functions. It's a very highly qualified bunch of educators we have in this yeah. young farmer movement. Okay, so there you go. go ahead. And I and I think that there I think there's a lot to that. There's some grist to that. That that educators uh, I think are naturally inclined to be civically engaged. Um, maybe because they are facing uh, 20 to 35 students and realize someone, this is, there's an educational moment here. And if someone places good intentions into an educational moment, magic can happen. And I think many of us are, in fact, the product of, of one of those moments. I, yeah. I, everyone I talk to, you know, in the course of these conversations, I have so many of them constantly, all the time, with wonderful yeah. young farmers around the world around yeah. America, and, you know, you ask people about, well, what was that moment where you knew that this was something you wanted to do, and they all get this kind of childlike look. Yeah. Um, and, you know, describe on their grandmother's farm or on, you know, Miss Curry, who took me out on fifth grade. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it is the gift of educators to be able to uh, impart that spark Onto other people, um, it is uh, in this work we are. Uh, it is commonly said that in this environmental work, in this agriculture work, um, we're often doing it for people who we will never meet. Um, but I think the same is true when you're an educator. You might meet them, but you never know exactly where they're going to go. Um, and it is all that is. It makes it imperative that w- that that we invest really sincerely. In that education, because it can, because education is the is a gift which can multiply beyond the single gift which what that we are imparting to an individual. It's multiplying. It's just like plants, and they just keep multiplying. <laughs> From one plant comes many seeds. It's it's very exciting. I mean, you know, and and it is. It's ser- It's serious work. It's. You know, you have to be a little bit solemn when you start thinking about the implications of being an interpreter of um, of life for young people. And but it's yeah. a fun kind of solemnity. Yes, it's, it's. I think it's the right kind of solemnity for. And, and we like, have we have we have found that it really actually works um, through the. So Garden for the Environment has been around for 20 years, and for 15 of those, we've run the gardening and composting educator training program. And graduates of, the, of that program are now managing um, or leading um, many of the exciting farm projects around San Francisco, um, like an exciting project here called Hayes Valley Farm. Um, oh, let's took, talk about that. The Hayes Valley Farm is a remarkable project here in San Francisco. Um, in 1989, San Francisco had a very big earthquake, and many of the freeways, uh, or a number of the freeways, collapsed or suffered some kind of structural damage. And so there was a freeway overpass. There was a freeway in an, in an off-ramp that was demolished. And so for many years, this off-ramp, freeway off-ramp sat vacant. Um, and along came some resourceful, energetic, and com- um, completely optimistic and knowledgeable gardeners who proposed to the city, hey, let's take this off-ramp that is filled with eucalyptus trees now and ivy and turn it into a farm. And um, as luck would have it, individuals in City Hall said, let's do it. And they got together, and they have 
positively transformed what was a freeway off-ramp um, into a burgeoning organic permaculture farm. Okay, so some listeners might not be able to believe their ears. In <laughs> San Francisco, there's a freeway that's now a permaculture farm. <laughs> it's Hello. true. I know. We almost need to say it again. In San Francisco, (laughs) there was a freeway, and now it's a permaculture farm. I mean, hell yeah. (laughs) And on an afternoon, on an afternoon, on a Thursday afternoon, you can find 30 to 70 volunteers on that off-ramp that is now a permaculture farm. It's extraordinary. So it sounds like there's almost a surplus of enthusiasm there in San Francisco are you willing to share that with the rest of the country? <laughs> we, will Im- we will export our enthusiasm to anyone who asks. Okay, so now that's a very clear message from Blair Randall in San Francisco, where there are 30 to 70 young farmers in training working on every Thursday, working their way into a frenzy of excitement that will sustain their serious and solemn work as farmers for the rest of their lives, and hopefully they'll get so addicted to the joys of growing your own food that they will um, be willing to take a, big, take a big risk and move somewhere not quite as hip as San Francisco um, to, bring their, um, to bring their love into business format and start a farm of their own. Now, Blair, are you ever going to make that move yourself and transition from educator to farmer? Uh, that is a question I ask myself all the time. Um, I have a number of friends from the farm program that I did down in Santa Cruz several years ago, and they are working on farm projects such as Freewheeling Farm, which bicycles produce um, from several miles up the coast into town for a bicycle CSA. But I think that um, I really value my unique role as an, as an interpreter of the, of the work that they do and um, someone who brings their, that knowledge and the skills to people in, in areas, um, in urban areas, um, where those skills need to be maintained just as importantly as they do in rural areas. So I, I believe that my work um, is, is, a, is as a translator. Right on. He's like the RDNA. <laughs> like but I will tell you that it, it doesn't take very long. It doesn't take very long for... Um, uh, for these for these young, incredibly enthusiastic um, greenhorns to, to to touch soil and to touch plants and to see the sunlight coming through a small field uh, of beans in San Francisco to realize this is where it's at and then to find internships and apprenticeships out in rural areas um, and behold, their life has begun anew. Well, and it's a good thing that they're young and enthusiastic because it's a hard damn way to make a living. It sure is. It sure is. So in that way, it's actually not so dissimilar from World War I and World War II, where the imperative was great, and, and, and it was, in fact, a very serious time for the American population. Yeah. Um, as it is today, a very serious threat, um, as we have today. In this case, we have the threat of, of bad health, um, yeah. and we have the threat of um, in, uh, huge oil spikes, uh, prices that could come again, mm-hmm. and and so in fact, you know, it's a different kind of hard times, and it's a different kind of um, crisis. But it's 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 kind of more similar than we thought. And I feel like in my generation, 
weren't we weren't really prepared to have to be serious like that. Right. Um, a lot of us went to college and thought, oh, we can get a job. Well, yeah. it turns out maybe you can't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, there's. Um, uh, I recently saw a very great uh, a trailer for an upcoming film that's going to be extraordinary, and it's called The Greenhorns. And no. in that film, uh, there's a, a small snippet of um, the very charismatic filmmaker speaking to um, Amy Courtney from Freewheeling Farm here in California. And Amy Courtney says, um, you know, participate by by doing this work, by being a small organic farmer. Uh, um, I get to participate in something that I believe in. I get to I get to do something that's sane in a world gone mad. Um, I can part- I can participate in a system of values and in relationship to the natural world in a way that I truly believe in. Um, and so um, I, I will be the first to say that farming is extraordinarily difficult, and the margins aren't huge, and it's not the best way to buy expensive cars. Um, but the trade-off. But who needs a car? <laughs> but who needs a car? Number one. Who needs an expensive car? Number two. Um, and, and I think the the trade-offs are, in my mind, um, worth it. Well, there you go, Blair Randall, incredible educator, wonderful gardening teacher in San Francisco. Will you remind these happy people of your website so they can learn more about? Amy Franceschini's project and Garden for the Environment and, and, and tune into the world if they just happen to maybe arrive in San Francisco fresh off the, fresh off I'd, the, I don't know. How do, they, are, how do they tune into what's going on in San Francisco? If you're in San Francisco, please come and visit us. Um, Garden for the Environment can be found at gardenfortheenvironment.org. That will t- show you where our garden is. You can find out about Amy Franceschini and her amazing Victory Garden project at sfvictorygardens.org. You can find out more about her at um, futurefarmers.com. So check us out at uh, gardenfortheenvironment.org. Sounds really awesome. Everybody should know Amy's got another cool project coming up on the East Coast in Philadelphia. Greenhurst will be there. Um, she's doing a soil testing map with the um, art museum and a whole bunch of urban and, 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 semi, and semi-peri-urban farmers will be participating in that super cool project. Um, lots and lots of things coming up, people. Please keep, now that you're indoors more, it's a great time to tune into your computer and tune into the many social gatherings um, that winter necessitates by its short days. Stay focused. Put it on your calendar, greenhorns.net. Okie dokie. Thank you, Blair. Thank you so much, Severin. Pleasure to talk to you. Pleasure to talk to you. Have a lovely afternoon. Thanks. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye.